This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London podcast, and we're coming to you on the eve of Brentford's big match. Well, it's just another match, actually, against Tottenham Hotspur Spurs. We're going to White Hart Lane, or is it New White Hart Lane? I don't know. I don't know if I'm allowed to call it New White Hart Lane, because people might start complaining, actually. Just White yeah. Hart Lane. Okay. It's just White Hart Lane. It is White Hart Lane. Okay, we're going to White Hart Lane to go and see the mighty, mighty bees take on the mighty, mighty Spurs, actually, this week. In a midweek game, under the lights, in the big karaoke bar, as we call it from Tottenham, where it's got all sorts of lights flashing. Apparently, they've got some sort of light show there as well, don't they? They've got some sort of telephone light show going on, like I'm saying, which is going to be quite, quite, just taking things to another level at Tottenham. First of all, they pipe the fans through the, the tannoy system to try and make them sound louder. And now they've got some sort of telephone light show where you bring your, your phones and you turn your lights on and then you do the light show. But anyway, We'll talk about that all a little bit later. My name is Billy Grant, and I'm sitting here in the virtual joint. We've got my buddies. I'm going kind of transcontinental, international, across London. I'm sitting here in North London, and I have also got Ali Malali in the house. How are you, Ali? I'm very well, thank you, Bill. I've got a bit of a cough. I've got the 100-day cough, apparently. So if I cough, I do apologise in advance. That's all good. That's all good. Like you, you got a cough as well, and like I said to you, you were coughing, coughing quite a lot because I mean, we'll talk about this a little bit later. But you know, where were you coughing watching the Forest game? I'm just wondering. I was unfortunately. It's the first home game I've missed all season, and this time of year, every year I go to the World Indoor Bowls down in Great Yarmouth for the BBC, and unfortunately, it happened to be the weekend of the Forest game. So I was watching it on a in in a hotel in Great Yarmouth. And uh, I have to say that the last 10 minutes, the stoppage time 10 minutes, I was literally on my knees with a laptop on the bed watching it. 
No, no. Well, Brain, hey, that's that forest didn't equalise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, like I said to you, like I said, you're all different circumstances as well. Because, like I said to you, you were in Great Yarmouth. You're over in, you know, the West London side. I'm in North London side as well. But we've also got international. We've got Laney in the house here as well. Laney, we were lucky to catch you because he's actually trying to get his plane to get back to London so he can actually go to the Spurs game as well. So he's actually at Bangkok Airport at the moment now. And we've got Laney in the house. Yeah, I'm really good. I had an incredible journey. Um, I was in Vietnam at the weekend, and hopefully I'll be in Tottenham. Uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, I'm at Bangkok Airport. I'm waiting to come back via Beijing and one or two other places. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I didn't get the direct flight home. You know what it's like, Bill. Why? Why take one flight when you could take six? So. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to coming back now. But uh, there you go. Sounds quite interesting on the eastern side there, watching the game as well. And are you, you mean you happy to uh, to talk about the match? Because I, I think that you were you you got a bit of a prediction as well, didn't you? You know, I watched the uh, not in the forest game, and I, it, the, the nerves were just jangling like they were. Whether you know, as if I was there, and it was just like actually, I got the score exactly right. I said it was going to be a three-two bonkers match in the uh, in the prediction before the you know before the match, but. Uh, yeah, I, you know, to, to see Ivan Tony score, uh, it, it was just like the dream come true, wasn't it? And it was all about the result in the end, and, and the performance was, you know, yeah, it, it wasn't the best. Um, and another team probably would have put us to the sword, but, you know, it was the right team to be playing on the right day. And boy, God, have they, have we rattled not in a forest field. They can't stand us, can they? Yeah, and and you've got to laugh as well because the Forest fans. I mean, Ali, you've got to, you've got to say the Forest fans. They didn't take the uh, they didn't take the, the defeat particularly well, and and it's got to be said that you know if anything you know, and we always talk about the fact that you know I've got a lot of Forest mates. I want Forest to stay up. I love the stadium. I think it's good atmosphere. It's a good place to have a drink. But you know, as time goes on, they they seem to be getting saltier and saltier, and there seems to be like a little bit of a kind of sort of a little bit of a vibe developing, developing a little bit of a kind of. I hate to say a rivalry because they, they, some people sort of say manufactured rivalries, like you know, like what Orient did to us and stuff like that. But there definitely seems to be something going on there, don't you think? Oh yeah, phone gate. I mean, phone gate. <laughs> I've never seen such an ex- excessive reaction to somebody moving a, a ball for a free kick. Like nobody's ever done it in the history of football ever. Um, you know, and writing to writing to the PGMOL asking them to look into it. I mean, come on, it was just so, yeah. There were, to be fair, there's a few. There's quite a few sensible Forest fans out there who just said this is quite embarrassing. We need to shut up. But yeah, some of them have got very, very upset about Ivan and his fomentics. Yeah, I mean his foment. I mean, I mean, Laney. I mean, we, you talked about this quite a lot, and I know that you're you're not particularly happy with the Forest fans. We talked about FFP, and then and them sort of moaning on about FFP and 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 the fact that they haven't done anything wrong, um, and that they didn't see if it's cheating. But then all of a sudden they see Ivan Tony move a ball sort of two centimeters, and they're all up in arms talking about cheating. Actually, I mean, the Forest fans, like you know, they're not happy at all, are they? I mean, there's somebody talking about sort of kind of a comparison to maybe another well ex. Premier League team. I know that we like going there and it's a, it's a good away day, but, um, you know, they, they've really shown their colours here. You know, they, they, they really, you know, I, I, it was really salty. Um, they've got, they're doing a bit of a Leeds United, if I'm honest with you. They're like a Leeds light, you know. They, they're just calling us Kimpot now. Um, you know, it, it's just, you know, big club, we're nothing, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's just getting a bit, it's getting a bit childish now, Bill. Um, you know, when we beat them, we beat them most, we beat them regularly and, you know, they're just, they're just not having the fact that we're um, a more established Premier League club than them. They've, they've not won anything in, 
pretty much all of their fans' lifetimes now, and uh, it's it's just like it's just just as I said, childish to keep going on about achievements that happened before most people were born. And uh, yeah, yeah, be proud of it. But you know, we're we're making history now, and um, you know, we're 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 obviously better than them. I mean, so, okay, so Laney, you're not mentioning his words there at all. He had to get that in as well. I'm telling you something, we're quite lucky to have Laney on board because, like I said to you, um, he just told us that his, his gate is being called up. He's going to be boarding at any moment. He's actually at Bangkok Airport as we speak. As you could hear, the connection isn't great, but we thought it's better to have him on at some stage and to not have him at all and <laughs> give his point of view there as well. But I think we've lost Laney as he's going to go and get, get off his plane. You'll no doubt see him he's down sprinting. at he, he, he's, you see him you can see him he's still got his camera switched on like you know saying because please please keep the door open for me like you know so you should see him down at new white heart lane is it new white heart lane or just white heart lane i'm not sure if i'm allowed to say that as they say but um listen just looking forward i mean ali um we'll talk about the forest game a little bit later but let's just talk about kind of what's up. We'll talk about Pele, talk about Cruyff, talk about Beckenbauer, but we won't talk about that. Um, let's talk about the transfer window because there's been a lot of chat about the Brentford transfer window and a lot of characters not happy. I mean, one minute they're really happy saying we're the best club in the world and the business too is great. And then as soon as you don't sign a player in like, you know, half a minute, they're all thinking it's all disaster, right? You know, and it's a disaster's bloom. We're actually going to get, we're going to go down and, and our whole system is just falling apart. Um, you know, the, the point that I've made and I always make it's um, Brentford, um, we're a very good side, we're a very well organised side, we're a very well respected side now, you know, everyone used to take the piss out of us years ago, or not even years ago, maybe a few years ago, but now things have changed and the problem that we have now that is, is that if we now look at a player, because now we've got to the Premier League by using a particular system, agents and other people and other clubs will turn around to people and say oh by the way Brentford are in for them and before you know it bing the price goes up everyone's after them and it's a nightmare we had the same thing with Brennan Johnson Brennan Johnson we were after him 12 million pounds no one is after him when he was at Lincoln we could have got him maybe if we've gone 14 or 15s we didn't quite go there next minute Brennan Johnson has gone to Tottenham and Tottenham we've got to Tottenham oh by the way Brentford are after them bing the price is up to 60 million or 40 or 50 million and we're out the loop on that one and we can't go there so we need to do deals very quickly and very basically under the radar almost because as soon as other people hear it it just becomes harder for us and this you know there's no listen that's just the way it is we're still not as big and as as much money in the coffers as man united's and your tottenham's and your chelsea's so we need to do business differently we need to 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 kind of convince certain players still to come to us because when you're bidding for 30 million pound players there's going to be other teams bidding for those £30 million players. They might be, might be able to offer them more money or different incentives and stuff like that. So it's it's been an interesting um, couple of years for Brentford now, but it's also been an interesting couple of weeks, hasn't it, Ali? Because we've got a few players that have kind of, uh, that we've bought into the fall. I mean, the first one we're going to talk about is uh, Yunu Konyak as well. The 18-year-old Turkish uh, wonder kid. We bought him from Sivasvor. Um, which is a, a Turkish club. And uh, within minutes of him signing for us, the rumour is, and it's still a bit hushed up at the moment now, is that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he, he's he's injured. Is that right, Ali? In, yeah, in true Brentford style, he went, went to training and got injured. It's, I don't know what we're doing to our players in, injured, uh, in training, but we've had him five minutes and he managed to get injured. So, yeah, we, I don't think we're going to get the impression we're not going to see him for a while, which is um, really disappointing, really. But... Um, you know, who knows? Who knows what we're doing on the training field at the moment? Um, but yeah, yeah it's, it's disappointing because he sounded like he was he was a really good buy and, you know, his stats look really good and, you know, his clips look really good, although, you know, you have to actually see him play. But 
yeah, I mean, he looks really promising and definitely not just one for the future, but hopefully one for maybe the end of this season, beginning of next season. The next Norgard, I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, this is the thing. I mean, uh, he's got injured. Um, it's probably one of those things that doesn't directly affect us now because, um, you know, it's probably one of those things, again, when you put them into the system and you try and get them ready, just like we did to people like Yarmolek and other players where they're in the, you know, even Damsgaard for sort of six months, 12 months, 18 months, and then you bring them out of the system. Again, That what we'd have done to Brennan Johnson if he'd come into Brentford, you know, he wouldn't have had the pressure of having to go out there and try and perform in front of sort of 40,000 people. Well, for us, it'll be 70,000 people straight away. You know, you put them into the system, you develop them up a little bit, and then they come out much more confident. And that's, I think, what we're going to do with this kid. Um, the fact he's injured is probably a bit disappointing but it's not as if he was going to go into the side sort of straight away against Tottenham was it no I mean it, it would seem not but um yeah like you said it's sort of like sets him back on his path towards getting into the first team and being in the first team squad and being able to call on him when uh, somebody like Norgard you know, or whatever gets injured so yeah um it just delays that process really doesn't it which is a bit disappointing yeah, yeah. Okay. And another player, again, we're going to talk about, which uh, obviously we're playing Tottenham now. And this player is very, very um, well known to the Tottenham fans as well. Sergio Regulon as well, who is coming at left back. He's on loan. Um, he was actually on loan to Man United. Um, they released him from loan there. As obviously, he wasn't needed at Tottenham as well. So he's kind of in a little bit of a sort of kind of bit of a weird situation where he's almost like trying to find a club. Brentford have come in for him. They've convinced him that, you know, that he'll actually kind of get some game time and he'll actually have a good time down at Brentford. Now, this to me is actually quite an interesting signing because we don't necessarily go in for loan players unless they're going to improve our side. Um, um, and also sort of kind of because we'd rather bring in our, our own, as we say, and let our own kind of develop then rather than develop uh, people for other people, um, players for other people. But obviously this player has got quite a lot of experience. And when you bring in players who've got experience, again, this could cost you. So this is something which we find it quite hard to navigate. But this has obviously been a, a really good opportunity for us an opportunity for him as well and at the time where we're basically really struggling with fullbacks I mean we literally are struggling now bringing bringing back a sort of uh, you know a, a free transfer player who is uh who is out without a job and bringing him in who's a forward to play him at, at fullback you can see how desperate we are in Sam and Goddess as good as he has been since he's come back but Regulon um this is an exciting signing because we've needed someone to just help us piece together um that defense because it was a little bit itsy bitsy wasn't it Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, basically, Rosleff has been the only fit fullback we've got at the entire club. You know, Aya can play right back. Um, but with, you know, Rico out for the season, and goodness knows what's happened to Hickey. He seems to have fallen off the face of the planet. Um, Hickey obviously being our cover for Rico at left back. Um, he's now not around. He's injured. And it, it was a loan signing at left back was really the obvious thing for us to do. And I think it suits us. It suits Regulon because he's going to get, with the exception of tomorrow, obviously, he's going to get regular game time, which is what he needs to do at this stage because he's probably going to need a move from Spurs because a doggy is, is, I think, is the next great thing for them at left back. So I, I think it's a really good signing. I think he looked, uh, I think he had a nice little cameo when he came on against Forrest and uh, I like him. I think he, he offers a lot, probably offers more going forward than defensively, but he is actually a defender rather than converted midfielders. So hopefully he will do things like defenders do, like track the run at the far post. 
that old chestnut actually so uh let's see well I mean, we don't uh, do we <laughs> no no actually we don't actually <laughs> we don't. no and we won't find out this game as well again we'll talk about that later because obviously he is cup tied for the tottenham game so not cup tied cup well, tied, he's, well, he's, tied. he's tied. tied yeah he's loan tied for the tottenham game so we can't he actually can't be here for us so he'll be appearing for us after the window has slammed shut um, so, uh, so, so let's just see how that goes. But like I said, you're excited about having him on board, and like I said, you he's got a pedigree. You know, some people are moaning, going, "Oh, he's not good enough for us." Oh, yeah, he can't defend. Uh, he's played for Real Madrid. He's played for Atletico Madrid. So I think, you know, at the end of the day, he comes in at the player who's probably played for quite a, a lot of fairly decent clubs. And I think having him in the side is going to be uh, a bit of a bonus, we say. So, uh, which is all good. Um, and and on. Now, there's one other player we want to talk about. I mean, you could say, but who else have we signed? Well, we had a player who looked like he was going to be on board. And of course, we did a little due diligence. We actually spoke to our our, our sources out there. And they told us things are sounding actually very good for this player. Very excited about him signing for us. Antonio Nusa, who signed from... From 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 Belgium, actually. Um, it's not from Bruges. Bruges. Bruges, isn't it? Yeah, he's come from yeah. Bruges as well. Twenty-five million, so about thirty million euros as well. And uh, like I said to you, all the Belgian press but are all. He has to actually signed, Bill. No, he no, I'm just, signed, yeah, but I'm just giving the details. I'm just giving the details <laughs> as to where it's gone. You know, this is not. This isn't. Again, as you know, on the Besotted podcast, we don't sort of kind of talk about sort of thirty-five. You know, different rumours that are going around because the way it works in this game. Brentford and other teams, they inquire about lots and lots and lots of players. And then people go into the mixer and say, Brentford are after such and such. And before you know it, you're talking about Brentford being after sort of kind of 25, 30, 40 players. And it doesn't really work like that. We try and talk about the players who are kind of going over the precipice or kind of being close to signed. And Musa was one of these players. Very, very exciting winger. Um, um, Laney, again, if he was here, but he's gone off for his plane, would have explained to him he's got one of his uh, Belgian contacts. I mean, he's doing the, the company book at the moment now, Laney. So he's actually been doing a lot of business out in Belgium. And he's got a Belgian journalist that he's been actually helping write this book for him. And he was so excited about him coming to Brentford. And he, I think he actually said, which was a little bit disrespectful, and maybe we should have a word with him if he ever comes down to Brentford. He goes, I would have expected Noosa to go to with all due respect, a bigger club than Brentford is what he said. Um, he's a great player. You're going to get your money back for him, plus more, you know, in time because he's a really great prospect. He's, he's, he's only a young player. He's got great, you know, got great skill, got great speed, and uh, they expect nothing <coughs> but good things from him. So for me, this is exciting. But then all of a sudden, boom, the, uh, the transfer has hit a little bit of the rocks because... There's a lot of rumours going around. Obviously, there's no official source saying anything, but the rumours are that he's failed the medical. Whether or not he's failed the medical, whether or not they've found that there's some things which weren't maybe declared, we're not quite sure what the situation is, or maybe it's something else. But from what we can gather, um, maybe Brentford have to now go back in and say, right, what you've got now is probably not what we were expecting, and we've kind of done a deal ex based on what we're expecting here. Now... There are other teams that are also been in for him, including Tottenham, because we actually kind of we, we, we pulled them out the jaws of Tottenham, and they're not very happy about that at all. Tottenham fans are saying, "Oh, well, if Brentford aren't going to go for him, we're going to go for him." But my argument is that if the issues are what we think they are, uh, who's more likely to take a risk? We are or Tottenham? Are Tottenham going to go for a player who've got X, Y, and Z going on with them? So um, it's an interesting scenario, don't you think, Ellie? It's an odd one, isn't it? I mean, uh, this is why we have medicals, of course. Um, and uh, we have signed quite a few players when they're injured. I mean, I think we signed Rico when he was injured, didn't we? So we certainly yeah. signed Damsgaard. Damsgaard, 
when he wasn't injured, but he had his arthritis problem. Yeah, and just um, quickly, and just coming back to that, and the Rico, I think the Rico one is a really interesting one because yeah. Rico, right, we're like, okay, we were in division, what, uh, we were, where were we? we were division three? We were in division one at the time. One, division one, yeah. Yeah, we were in division one at the time, and we signed him from Warsaw, and we were like really excited. Then he came, he's like, and then he's injured, and he's not going to play for like about six or seven months. I mean, he didn't play for ages, did he? And it no, was like, no. It was a really weird situation and we were like kind of moaning at the time as you do at the time because we we didn't quite realize you know our place i suppose you know what i'm saying and the fact that we signed this player but the, th the fact is that reality is that if he was not injured we wouldn't have signed him and that, that that's that's the long and the short of it isn't it if he was the, as good a player as he was if he was running around and everything was fine but the only way we were able to sign him is because he was cropped but we were happy to take him cropped and getting better, whereas no one else was willing to take that chance on him. Yeah, um, and I think, I, I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if Spurs knew something and maybe pulled the plug and we've nipped in I, there. I saw, I saw about Rico. I, I saw about Rico, oh, by Rico. the way. Rico, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, I, I realised you were talking about Rico. I'm yeah. just talking about this, this this situation as well. I don't know what the situation is. I mean, the suggestions are from journos that it's a knee, knee issue and it's potentially... Uh, a serious knee issue and so we're now renegotiating terms I don't know how true this is it's just all out in the Twitter sphere but yeah I mean it's sort of like we wouldn't have got Damsgaard if he hadn't had the arthritis problem would we I mean let's face it when we saw him in the Euros in Euro 2020 we went oh can we sign him and sort of like quickly realised that price range he was well out of our league and then this developed so I think yeah I think sometimes you, you it almost benefits you but the thing that we have to obviously we will be doing our due diligence on is it can't be an injury that means that he's not really ever going to become or continue to be the player that we think we're buying i mean obviously with rico we obviously realized it i think it was dislocated shoulder kept dislocating his shoulder and once he'd had the operation then you know he was able to get back to full fitness um but knees can be dodgy things so i mean i'm sure they'll be doing due diligence on it and we'll we'll just have to wait and see what happens yeah, I mean, okay, and, and like I said to you, those are players that are going, um, which are coming in, which is like I said, it's exciting for us. Um, the thing that you have to realize, obviously, if players are coming in, we can't just bring in players, it just doesn't work like that. You know, you've got a quota, you've got a squad number that you have to stick to, and if players are coming in, then players are have to also go out. And this is, um, this is just that's just a fact. I mean, obviously, like I said to you, if they're under 18 or if they're, they're the if they're a particular age. They don't necessarily add to your kind of senior squad quota, which, but you can still play them. Um, but there are players that need to go out. Now, there's quite a lot of interesting ones that are going out. Um, not, not well, let's say going out. First of all, obviously, we had Miles Pert-Harris, who went off to Tottenham, um, which is uh, which is which was always kind of on the cards. I think Brentford put him in the shop he window. Didn't, he didn't bit. go to Tottenham. He no, sorry, not, not, no, sorry, he didn't go to Tottenham. He went to <laughs> Portsmouth. He went to Portsmouth. Got Tottenham, Tottenham on the mind. I was just thinking about the big game against Tottenham coming on. Yeah, he went to Portsmouth and... Uh, that was always on the cards. We sort of kind of put him into a game. We're like going, oh, blimey, where did Pert Harris come from? And he came out and he kind of, you know, did the giving it a big one against, uh, I can't remember who was it. Was it the, wasn't it? It was after the Aston Villa game. I can't remember yeah. who it was. He was, he, was, he was winding people up as well on that. And we just thought, okay, Pert Harris. Um, but obviously yeah. that was a shop window thing for him. He's gone to Portsmouth as well, who are, you know, a fan, uh, a, a club with, you know, good fan base. Um, they did pretty well, you know, um, last season. Uh, and this season, they're still kind of there or thereabouts. So that was a good little move for him and a good little move for them. And he's going to go out. Let's see what he comes back with as well. But there's also another player that's gone out, which is, I think, is quite an interesting one for us and for him. 
He's a player actually has really excited me. I saw him, like I said, first play when I went out to America with Laney for the American tour out there. He came on uh, in the Aston Villa game in, what's the Aston Villa game? Oh, no, he, well, the game actually in, in Atlanta when we played Brighton. And I think he came on for that as well. And also he came on the Aston Villa game in Washington and he came on the wing. And I just thought this, this player, he's going to go somewhere. I know he's got techers and everything like that. And you can see he, he really wants to play, but he needs some proper game time. And I'm also thinking the fact that we are bringing him onto the pitch in the Premier League. And I think he's, what, 18 or 19 years old now. That says something about us and about him and where we see him going. And he's now actually got a move to the home of Ivan Tony down to Peterborough, to Posh as well. So, uh, And they're actually kind of fighting for the League One title down there. So that should be a really exciting move for him because he's going to get some good game time down there. And they're, you know, notoriously good at kind of a developing players and b actually kind of getting results aren't they early oh yeah absolutely i think i think that's a really good move for all kick b um I, he certainly needs some more game time he's he i really i like you i really like what i've seen of him uh, i think end product wise is you know as it's quite often the case with with young raw winners end product always needs improving decision making needs improving and uh yeah lots of game time in league one with a, a side that play good attacking football like like Posh do I think will really benefit him and uh, when he comes back in the summer I think uh, we'll, we'll we'll see how much he's come on yeah okay and you've got you said you've got Ola Kigby and also in the place as well is an interesting one because obviously we've got quite a few players that have gone out to the AFCON we've got Wiesa who did, he's done really well okay for, um, you know out there as well and then we've got well we've got Godos in the Asian Cup he's gone out there as well and then also we've got Wiesa and then we've got um, we've got Frank the tank on Yeka. and Frank the tank on Yeka is playing for Nigeria and they're doing really well as well at the moment now uh, through the quarters and uh, but also Frank the tank is getting some rave reviews out in an um, uh, out the out of the AFCON and uh, like I said he's played some good games playing there straight there in the CDM role um, some tough tackling going on down there and like I said to you commentators just going oh Frank the tank on Yeka, he's the man so um, this is a great I mean the AFCON we sort of go, oh, God, you know, we're going to have some players missing and it's going to be a bit of a nightmare. But on the other hand, it's also a great window for our players and for Brentford. You know, we are going out there doing good things. Frank the Tank doing good things. And it looks like he may have also attracted a bit of interest as well. Isn't that right, Ali? You know, because we're talking about um, him attracting some interest from potentially, well, we say Fulham and Everton. Oh, no, it's not bad. But other people as well from the way that he's been playing. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's taken a world well not taking the world by storm he certainly seems to be taking AFCON by storm there's a, a lot of interest in him I'm, I can't remember who was who was interested in yesterday supposedly um, sorry it slipped my mind but yeah. yeah I mean he's another player I don't think he's ever played CDM for us has he um, and maybe that's possibly why we haven't seen the best of him I mean when you've got Norgard in the team he's always going to be second choice of CDM there but it does seem to be that when Norgard's not there we're playing Yano or CDM so uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that one, especially as he's just signed a new long-term contract. So obviously the club believe there's a uh, there's a, a future for him at the club. Um, but yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what happens with that one. Um, I don't know. Are, are we going to let him go at the moment when we're still quite thin on the ground? I, I'm not sure. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. But you say that. I mean, you, you say that. The thing about it is that one of the rumours that's going around 
was that he was um somebody's going in for 20 million pounds for him for frank the tank on i mean i know that you said something which was like you know if somebody wants some 20 million pounds for him um <laughs> you're gonna drive him down there yourself i mean uh, well that's a little bit kind of you Ali. I, you know what I, I, <laughs> I, 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 my thing with frank i think he disrupts play really well and he'll he'll get tackles in and win the ball back but the problem is he wins the ball back for me this is from what i see he wins the ball he disrupts the play and then he almost probably gives the ball back because he he's not a good passer of the ball if you can find a role for him where he doesn't have to pass the ball it's fairly crucial in football then he's great um but yeah he he needs to work on his passing for me that's just what i see in my opinion yeah okay so listen we'll see i mean that the the transfer window closes about an hour after the tottenham game finishes so uh we might have a scenario where ivan tony sort of oh, yeah. kicks the ball scores scores a hat-trick against tottenham and then all of a sudden oh no he's just gone to man united but um no, just joking everybody just calm yourselves down okay <laughs> i know nothing you know i'm just making things up so but anyway so like i said to you so it'll be it'll be an interesting train journey home from uh from tottenham as that window shuts and everyone starts panicking for that last hour uh you know as we see but um like i said to you that is sort of a little bit of a transfer roundup what's going on like i said you've forgotten the, yeah. the keeper the keeper oh yes i was going to talk that which up. is the really interesting yeah. one that's why i left that is the reason why i left him for last to be quite honest with you because that's a, that is a conversation piece in itself so fleckham yeah. as we know has got his detractors um he's got some good uh, things that he does and he's got some probably not so good things that he does there's question marks about him I like the fact that Brentford are backing him still because Brentford are the type of team who they say, this is what we're going to invest in and we will back them to the hill and we'll try and get them better. And we did the same thing for David Rea. David Rea, first six months was proper dodgy. Um, but then afterwards we grew into the game and we understood the player and then he's a great goalkeeper and we sort of cry every time we mention his name. Um, Flecken, you know, I'm hoping in a year's time we'll be looking back at this moment and going, God, do you remember the first six months of Flecken? It was an absolute nightmare, wasn't it? You know what I'm saying? And he's pulling off saves left, right and centre. But the question that we've got is that the problem is that he just, you know, his diving is probably not as kind of frequent as we'd like it to be. Non-existent. Um, you know, there's some some people that say that, you know, he won't, he, he's, he's just not diving for shots because he just knows he's not going to save it anyway. But that's not the point. We just expect our TVs to throw themselves all over the place and get really dirty and look like they're really trying. And he sometimes he just doesn't um, as well. And and, and and there's just, like I said, you question, question marks around him. But also, we've also had Stracosa, who's the player. And, and listen, he's got a great track record, Stracosa, you know, playing out in Italy. You know, he's played, you know, you know, hundreds of games at a very high level. He's come to Brentford and he can't even get in the pitch, you know, and he's really peed off and he expressed his peed offishness a year or so ago and then we thought okay he's going to get some games and then flecken came in and he's like oh no somebody else is coming above me so we've got a situation here where you've got strakosa not particularly happy flecken who's under pressure a little bit and then we've only gone and signed yakun vladimarsson who's a 22 year old icelandic international keeper now he's an international keeper plays for iceland and he's very highly regarded and that made me think what the hell's going on here what's going on here because like you, you ain't bringing a player like that in to go and play in the b team right he's going to be in and around the big boys somewhere so is it a case that stracosa is going out is it a case they don't trust flecken you know um, is flecken dropping to number two and he's going to come in number one but then this kid's he's quite young and sort of young keepers still you try to develop them a little bit and it's when they get older they normally get more you know into into the system so i don't know i mean ali what's your thoughts it's it's really really interesting isn't it i mean I have tried really hard to not be a detractor of Flecken. I think 
his distribution, his footwork is very good. He passes the ball well, but <coughs> first and foremost, you need your goalkeeper to save save goals. And it is the point at the point, unfortunately, with Mark Flecken at the moment, is that every time somebody takes a shot on target, you fit you think unless somebody gets a block in, it's going it seems like it's going in. Um and I think he doesn't he's not commanding his box well, which makes doesn't help obviously it doesn't help him that his defence is constantly shifting, his best defenders haven't been playing a lot of the time. Um but this is really interesting because at the moment we have one unhappy goalkeeper in Strahoska. Now, if this lad's coming in, then potentially we have two unhappy goalkeepers, whether that's Strahoska and Flecken or Strahoska and the new guy. Uh, I, I, I don't know where this is going, if I'm honest. Um, I, I'm sure the club do, but it, it's a really interesting situation. Is he coming in as number one? Is he coming in as number two? Is Strahoska going? Uh, are we looking to develop him? He is a similar age to when we signed Ray. I think David Ray was 23 when we signed him. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really interesting. I would love to know what the thinking is there. I, I think one. I think one keeper's going to go. I think it's it's it's. And this is this is not any. There's not done, been any chat about it. There's not been any chat. Not the yeah, slightest hint. That but we going. But we like to we like to make the we like to do deals with no chat. Okay, we like to go ding, and then just something just comes out of the hat. But that rarely happens, even with us these days. No, no, it, I think there's this happened a few times actually. Yeah, it, it does happen quite a few times. And I think at the end of the day, is that like if you bring like say for example when we bought um when we bought Flecken in. Did, did anyone talk about that beforehand? No, but he just turned up and we still had David Raya and we just went, oh, well, what the hell's going on here? You know what I'm saying? So we knew that Raya hadn't signed the contract, but we thought, okay, that'll go into the summer. But all of a sudden, well, We bang, knew Raya was going. We knew Raya was going. We do, on, only because he didn't sign the contract, but Flecken literally came out of the... I mean, I wasn't expecting Flecken to turn up like when he did. I mean, he turned up well early. I mean, it's like, cool, blimey, where, where did he come from? You know what I'm saying? So what I'm trying to say to you is that when the moves are made, so this kid... Okay, he's just come in. But there's 24 hours to make the move, and yeah, know, no, no, it's, I, it's no, a bit late, isn't it? It's getting a bit late in the day. Well, a bit it, late in the window. The window is going to slam shut tomorrow. Tell you something from what again from the people that I speak to the last 28, 24 to 48 hours that's when it all happens and they, they just say all the rest is just kerfuffle. The other the other 28 days is just nonsense. You might as well just get rid of that. Everybody do the business in the last two days. It's much easier, but obviously this is made for TV. It's made for Sky. It's made for the newspapers. It's made for, that's when all the money's made elsewhere. So they have to kind of leave that rest of the window. So they've got something to talk about. But the reality, they're just saying, listen, if everything was just focused down on two or three or four days, everyone would be happier. You know what I'm saying? Because then people could stop messing around, just do your business on the nose. So I can imagine there's a lot of kerfuffle and activity going on at the moment now because i've been trying to talk to my characters and my characters are like properly going underground at the moment now which means that they're probably beavering away trying to uh, make a lot of things happen so that's all i'm going to say so this is very interesting just watch this space um if, if you're going to ask me what do i think where we're going to go with this i think that stracos is going to go um and the reason why is it just makes no sense otherwise nothing else makes sense um they obviously believe in Flecken that he's going to get to a certain stage. Do they? Maybe... Do they? Do they, though? Do they? Well, otherwise, well, why have they bought this guy? Well, because well, I, I reckon Sakos is going to go and then it's going to be... Befle- no, but have they Have they also looked at it and thought Flecken's... Curve, you know, Flecken is not improving at the rate we thought he was going to. I mean, in fact, he doesn't seem to happen to, to the untrained eye, to the numpty on the terrace, me, he doesn't seem to have improved at all. 
Yeah, but I this is this is my thing. Uh, I, this is the I, thing. I and believe you know we're quite ruthless when we make when we make mistakes, aren't we? We have a rep, we have been quite ruthless when we've made mistakes before. I do hear that, you know, saying, but I do still think that they believe that he will get to a particular stage because maybe the area the errors that they feel are fairly basic. I don't know, right? Um, whereas Tukosa is thinking, mate, I should be number one, and they're they're not cons- they're, they're not it's convinced not he's going to be number wrong. one. Yeah, but they're not convinced that he'd be number one, especially if you compare to this kid. And they're probably saying, I tell you what, listen, we've got you in Flecken. We're going to bring this kid here. We think who can be number one. And between the two of you, you fight it out amongst yourselves. And that's where I think it's going to go. And if not, then Flecken will become the number two. And this kid will be, be, be there at number one at some stage. But this is just me, the Billy the Bee, kind of pontificating on where I think things are going to go. Well, you know, I, 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 I just think that there's a chance here that we're being ruthless with a transfer that's failed okay but listen ali um by which the time... we do have form for we do have form for being yeah. ruthless yeah okay well like i said to you by the time you get on the bus but by the time you walk down to seven sister station we shall find out who is correct on this one and who is not and it's not about being it, well, right or wrong i think it's a bit early to say who's correct on this one at the first game that's possible, <laughs> we'll see. no no and it's not being about right or wrong but i'm just saying we're just we're just plucking things out of the air you know what i'm saying at the end of the day maybe we just uh, we haven't got a goalkeeper farm and we're just actually trying to sort of just pull in as many goalkeepers as possible just 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 for fun like you know what i'm saying and uh uh, yeah, and we might just sort of kind of line them up and have, and have a different one every week, you know. And, we, and the fans have got to guess who's going to be keeping in this game, you know, got to keep it depending on the opposition. But anyway, listen, enough talk about transfers because we need to talk about us beating Forest and how the Forest fans were really crying when we beat them because they were very, very upset with some activity that took place on the pitch. I'm going to go away, have a little drink. Ali's going to go away, have a little drink. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about Forest. Nottingham Forest, they came to Brentford and they went away with no points and they were very unhappy about it. I was the Ivan Tony show before the game. It was the Ivan Tony show during the game. It was the Ivan Tony show after the game. And Forest fans were really unhappy about it. The Forest manager was really unhappy about it. There was a lot of unhappiness going on in the East Midlands area and there was a lot of happiness going on in the West London area. I have to admit, I had a very good day. I met up some chums, the characters, the Scary Carey, Young Carey, I'm at the Allard. We went to Richmond to the Ted Lasso pub. We had a few beers in there as well. Then we went elsewhere. We went somewhere else. We had more drinks and we just had a laugh and talked about music and football and this and that. And just old school, new school, everything like that. It was brilliant. And then we went to the Glow and we had more drinks and stuff. And then we went to the game and then we beat Forrest and they were crying and there was foam on the floor. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When either Tony came in, we were singing songs and it was very good and I was very happy. And then we went back to the Globe and we drank some more and chatted. And then I got a taxi home and it was, a you know, when I get a taxi home, it's been a very good day. And uh, yes, Nottingham Forest Alley, it was, uh, it was, it was good, wasn't it? Just because it kind of all went to plan, didn't it? Well, it didn't quite all go to plan. We weren't really didn't really plan for them to score in the first five minutes, did we? That that was a bit of a oh god, here we go again moment, wasn't it? Well, it um, made it better. But, yeah, it did eventually. But at the time, it was like oh, for God's sake, what are we doing? Um, but you know, come the hour, come the man. I mean, I, I have to say, I thought, you know, you forget how much 
you know, you forget how much Ivan brings to the team. I mean, he, not just his goal, um, but he leads in the front, the way he holds the ball up, the way he brings others into play. Defensively as well, he was nice as well. I mean, he was he was man of the match. Um, and, you know, it takes, after all that hype, he had to live up to it. And he lived up to it in spades. And he did what great players do. He raised the level of the others around him. And... Um, uh, you know, I think defensively there were we didn't defend well for either goal, but you know I think we we looked we looked so much better with him in the team, and it's not that we're a one-man team because we proved we can do it without him. I think the injuries have killed us. I think losing losing Rico and Brian, I think we would have carried on doing all right without him, um, without losing them. But yeah, I mean it was great to see him back, great to see him in a Brentford shirt, um, and I think it was yeah. It was it was a great day and topped off by that fantastic goal by Neil. What a, what a goal that was! What a goal that was! Yeah, Neil. I mean Neil Malpe's goal as well. And the thing that I'll point out because uh, again, a lot of people listening, you might have some Tottenham fans listening to this as well. And uh, we don't forget we watch our players week in and week out. And we're not rose tinted glasses, and we say that Ivan Tony's a great player. And we get a lot of people going, "Oh, he can't be that good. Oh, he's not that great. Oh, he's overrated." We're saying that he's not because of his play. If you watch him, where he is on the pitch how he, he contributes not only up front but on the side and the middle you know his link up play his his defensive work and everything like that he in effect set up that Neil Malpe goal the final goal that's probably going to get goal of the month he set it up because he was in midfield and he laid the yeah. ball off to Roslev who, and then Roslev laid it into Malpe bang there you go so that's the type of player that he is he's he's playing deep and he's pulled in deep to actually kind of win the ball and basically basically lay the ball off put it back into play you know, and everyone that would have expected everyone's expecting to be at the at the far post, like just waiting for a header in. That's not the type of player that he is. Like you know, unselfish. So, for me, like I said to you, you're right. He's uh, he's he's an incredible player, and we did really miss him. And you realised in that game, even though, like I said to you, we weren't hundred percent, and he was blowing by the end of it because he was running around like a blue ass fly. You know, but we we went out there, we realised how much we miss a player like that. And I said to you, any team. That's going to miss a 20 goal, a season striker, and a player like them. Man United, Man City, they will all miss a player like that. So it's good to have him back. And it was great to, you know, it just raised the vibe in the stadium and in the pubs beforehand. And just everything was just up and it was just different. And it was great, you know. And I'll tell you something, though. I mean, I'm talking about this and I'm enthusing about it. But let's go to the, let's go to the game. Let's listen to what the fans had to say after the game about Mr. Ivan Tony, the Ivan Tony show against Nottingham Forest. Yeah, what a game, eh? Nervous, always, but we played well. Actually, Forrest looked good on the break, not very good at the back. Um, a bit like us, really. I, I thought in the, it, it's, it's exactly the game we expected, really nervous. You know, what a surprise. You get a £100 million striker back and we look better. You know, he's a class, class act, and not just the goal, but the ball, the, the, the leadership. You know, we've missed all of our quality players, haven't we? And you suddenly see the difference. Regulon looks like a proper player when he comes on. Um, yeah, all of a sudden we're singing, Tony! It wasn't pretty. We need to show more control and a bit more quality. But today was about the result. The talisman has returned. We got over the line. We'll get better. We've got better players coming back. Yeah, we'll be all right. Well, I mean, it was kind of at one point looking like which which team was going to be worse. But we came through it. Ivan made a big difference today. But we had better shape. and just, wow, just so happy to have won. When we work the ball, when we run at them, we look good. When we don't, we don't look good. And some of that's confidence. And today will give us a lot of confidence back. So, 
what, what a great day to be at this ground watching the bees. A little bit of magic under the nights again. And a, to be fair, great goal by Neil to win it as well. Some people are saying he moved the ball a couple of inches to be himself a better angle. But, you know, he's, he's the vital missing link. Whatever he's been, whatever he's done, we've got to be, you know, he's rewarded us. He's paid us back tonight. Probably those goals, the goals that he scored tonight, the goals that he will score in the in opening when he stays with us until the end of the season, are the goals that will keep us up. Absolutely, we needed to win today. We've done the business. Credit to all the team. Or we must have been under real, real pressure. We've done it. I thought the first 15 minutes we gave them the ball far too much. They scored that really early goal, which was just like a punt from outside the box. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, I thought, I thought we, we started to get the game, uh, um, you know, I mean, we took control of that game after the first 15 minutes or so, and I thought we, we, we played the best throughout the game. I thought we deserve, certainly deserved the win. Three cracking goals. I mean, uh, the, the, I mean, what was wrong with their wall that we managed, that Tony managed to get that ball in from the free kick? Amazing. Uh, Mee's header was unstoppable, and... Uh, uh, Mopo's trickery for the third goal was superb but yeah great performance great atmosphere really enjoyed the day 3-2 win superb fantastic UBs 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 DJ Steve's from, from the corrupt FM in the house I was going back to you yes you lot tell me tell me what was going on today that was one big win wasn't it oh, that was a scrap it was like tops off straightener outside the pub sort of levels it was proper scrap business but yeah I'm not going to lie it took the wind out of ourselves a little bit but you know, we came back. We had a, we had a bit of hype. We had Tony back. You know what I mean? We we wanted it, so we just had to we just had to sort of bounce back from that early little. Uh, it was like a it was like an early sort of one of those like early blows that you get in that just like knocks the wind out of your sails a little bit. But we bounced back. I mean, it can't hurt, can it? It's it's definitely giving us a little bit more optimism. It's a little bit more of a cushion. So yeah. I think we'll be all right. I, I always thought we'd be all right, but this is like, we sort of needed this just to be able to ride out the difficult fixtures we got coming up. And, you know, we're good, man. We're good. We're good. We're good. Gibbies. Gibbies. <laughs> so I'm glad that you mentioned Neil Malpay's goal, Ali, because we can, we've mentioned that. We could just get that out of the way. And that's all done with because we've mentioned, you know, something else that was really marvellous happened in the, the game. But let's just bring it back to Foamgate. Let's bring it back to Ivan Tony. Let's bring it back to the free kick. Now, like I said to you, we talked about the fact that, you know, I was there behind the goal. You know, Laney was in some place in, you know, Cambodia or something like that, watching the game. And yourself, you were in Great Yarmouth, you know, watching the game there. So we've seen it from different angles. Okay. Now, I've got to admit, I had no idea about Foamgate, obviously, because I'm beyond, you know, I'm beyond the goal. I'm, I'm in the West End and we're just singing away going, it's just my brilliant free kick. We didn't know about the furore that was taking place whereas like you know so as but whereas like i said i've seen all the notes from my nottingham mates who are absolutely fuming cheat cheat you know ironic uh, ffp cheats um uh, claim brentford uh, cheating for moving ball by two mid millimeters but that's a different story we'll go into that or we we'll go into that later um what did you think when you saw that free kick first of all it was lined up a did you think he was going to score B, did you see the movement, right, that was happening? And C, did you think, oh, that's a bit naughty? A, I thought he was going to score. Uh, B, I didn't see the movement at the time. And C, I think 
Boris should be more concerned about the absolute shambles of a wall what they put up when uh, they had one of the guys in the wall was literally telling the keeper, oh, we shifted across a bit. Do you want us to shift across a bit? And the keeper said no. And then the guy at the end, I think it was, uh, I don't know who it was, the guy at the end of the wall just sort of like very helpfully just leant out of the way as the ball, as I would swerve, curl the ball around him. No, I mean, it's just, you know, like I said, I think I said earlier, it's just like everybody moves the ball slightly for a free kick. I remember David Beck used to do that thing where he'd, he'd see an imaginary something on the pitch that he'd pick up and then he'd move the ball a bit. It, it's just the only thing that I would do differently was he, he moved the phone. It's just sort of like, it's like, calm down. If we if we went back, if VAR got involved every time a free kick wasn't taken from, or a throw in wasn't taken from exactly the same place uh, that. Uh, it was given that it was given. We, we, the games would never end. And let's face it, does the referee put the foam in exactly the right place where the foul originally occurred? No. So, you know, come on, get over it. Sort of like move on. Yeah, but, uh, but there's a couple of things. I mean, first of all, I'd say. Um, I mean, there's an article in, I think, a couple of articles in The Athletic where, I mean, Forest fans that, again, and we said this a bit earlier, Forest fans are going a little bit Leeds United. And I have to say this. I mean, I said this to my Forest friend after he went on a massive rent for me for about half a day. And I said, listen, mate, you're not getting a bit Leeds. And then he just went quiet because I think that's probably the ultimate disrespect that you can have. <laughs> right? Um, but they're all going a little bit Leeds United because, you know, listen, um, there was, yeah, yes, there was some, there was some movement of the phone, but then the Athletic now have done some forensic work in looking into basically which teams have actually moved free kicks over the whole season. I mean, I think this is this is obviously somebody who's got no, who got a lot of time on their hands. You know what I'm saying? And apparently, Forest were quite high up there. I think Forest were number one, right? Um, in 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 ball, in ball yeah, movement, were. yeah, number one in ball movement where the ball should have been. And where the ball was actually where they actually took the free kick from so again you know you get ffp man you know who does ffp and cheating and then moaning about everyone else cheating they're the first ones to be shouting kind of like you know oh no everyone's cheating on the ball movement when they're actually number one on the ball movement front you know so uh, again i thought that was quite hilarious again you you explain that to the forest fans and they didn't quite kind of take it too well to be quite honest with you but you know that 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 thing for me i thought was was quite interesting the second thing for me is also you said that you thought he was going to score i turned around to well, i didn't turn around to laney because he was in cambodia right probably the person beside me who probably didn't know who they were because they come in and place a lady um and they said you know a free kick and they said nah he ain't gonna score this i said <laughs> it's, i know i said it's too far over right i said it was too far over to the and right over. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So that, this is the hilarious thing because I just thought if it was more central, slightly, slightly more, maybe even like you know a couple of inches to the left, he would have had more chance of goal because there would have been a bigger gap for him for the goal. But the irony is that the fact it was there and then he moved it over even more, it just goes to show you what a shambolic wall Forrest had yeah. had, right? Because it should never, he should never ever have scored. So no. there you go. But um, but it was funny. Uh, it was funny and, and going back and sort of seeing on the TV and then hearing all the things and them actually going to write to the, to, you know, to, to, the, to the PGMOL to complain about it, like I said, which is very Leeds United, who Leeds United actually wrote to the MPs. I think they, wrote, they, 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 they set out a petition because I think because Ollie Watkins dived and the referee didn't give it. Someone gave him a, a they, he didn't dive, but they thought he dived and the referee who gave it, they wanted him banned. So they, they started a, a petition. Send it to Parliament and try to get the referee. That's got about hundred thousand signatures. Or something ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? It's like I, so. I love the way the PGMO um, uh, very, very, very politely said, 
Go away. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, you know, go away, Leeds United. Sorry, no, no, sorry, we went Nottingham Forest. So, yeah, so which is which is good. So, look, you know, but 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 that it it kind of helped to make a good game though because you know we were you know the time we were in was still in the first half and all of a sudden it just they they scored very early. He'd done the equaliser. Um, they weren't very happy, and it just kind of just added to a little bit feistiness a little bit more they we wanted it they wanted it don't you think no yeah absolutely i think there was so much about that game that made it a, a, a well not a classic but sort of like you know absolutely right for pottiness really wasn't it it was just sort of like there was needle there was ivan's comeback there was you know neil's great goal there was pottiness amongst the fans there was pottiness on the pitch it was it was great it was great it was a I think even for the neutral, it would have been um, a great watch just from that. Ali, I'm just asking you, Thomas Frank, you know, he had an enormous amount of pressure. Enormous amount of pressure before that. He lost six, what, seven games. He lost a load of games before that lot, but he knew that the club would back him anyway. So he's kind of sort of relaxed, but he knew in the back of his mind he needed to sort that out. So how much credit do also you give to Thomas Frank for pulling out the result? Oh, quite a lot because let's face it even with Ivan back in there we're still patching together a team I mean Reslev is not a, a left back um, so right yeah back. I think a yeah. right back I just I think it's just sort of like um, yeah I think he's had to work really hard I think he's still had to work really hard obviously it helps hugely having Ivan there um, because we have desperately needed somebody up front who could hold the ball up we really have and that, that's helped hugely in the way as we've already talked about the way he brings others into play Um but yeah, I mean, he takes a huge amount of credit because let's face it, he, he didn't have, uh, did, obviously didn't feel that Regulon was quite ready and with Regulon not being able to play the Spurs game, it didn't really make sense to start him because he had to look at other issues, uh, other other options there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think he takes a huge amount of credit for, for, for sticking with it, for not going completely mad like I think most people would have done in, in the situation he's found himself in with all the injuries and yeah you've got to give him credit 100% that's right okay and just quickly we just got to talk about that game um, let's just talk about that and what Brentford were maybe could have been better at okay so looking at that match Brentford were effective at creating goal scoring opportunities from the flanks okay they're effective at creating goal scoring opportunities from set pieces and at finishing they had no significant weaknesses. Tottenham, Nottingham Forest were creating goal-scoring opportunities from long-shot situations and from the flanks. They were aggressive and gave away a lot of free kicks around the box with their weaknesses. So, like I said to you, that was all good. Listen, what we're going to do quickly, we're going to go over to JB because he's going to give us some facts and some funk because I think we need that after the vibes that we've had from last week. So, JB, give us some more facts and some more funk. Jonathan Birchall back again. In the previous two seasons where we played Nottingham Forest, we'd been unbeaten, recording a win and a draw in each season. After our draw at the City Ground in October, we carried on that pattern, taking the three points at the GTEC last week. It was three of the older players in the team who scored, 34-year-old Ben Mee and two 27-year-olds, Ivan Tony and his junior by five months, Neil Morpai. After a goal in each of the two FA Cup games with Wolves, Neil scored for the third successive game. He lasted that for us in April 2019 against Derby, Ipswich and Reading 
in the season that Thomas Frank became head coach. He had also scored in the 340 feet to Forest back in August 2017 at Griffin Park. Of those last six games against Forest, Tony had missed two suspended, but has now scored in each of the other four. The foul which led to our number 17's latest started being committed in the 17th minute and 17th second of the game. When the season fixtures were announced, the match with Forrest was originally scheduled to be played on the 13th of January, which was within Tony's ban period. It was only with the announcement of TV fixtures in late October that moved the game to the 20th and became Tony's comeback game. Football has seen many innovations over the years, goal line technology, VAR, but it was back nine years ago in January 2015 that Griffin Park saw what appeared to be one of the less controversial. That was until the Forest game, when the referee's vanishing foam finally got its moment in the spotlight. So there's JB with facts and funk, but also we need some stats because we got the man, the bees breakdown posse, the gowler. And the gowler, he knows how it runs. With the stats for the beast, he's going to give us a statistical and a tactical breakdown of the Forest game. And also he's going to look forward to the Tottenham game too. Hey, this is Jacob Gather with Bees Breakdown. So Brentford are drastically underperforming this season, but partially thanks to Tony's return, Brentford ended the Forest match with three goals from 1.29 XG, which is only the fourth time this season that they've overperformed their XG in a match. Uh, so it was definitely refreshing to see Tony's positive impact, but Brentford still showed concerning signs of poor defending and uncertain goalkeeping. The Bees have allowed the fourth lowest XGA, and they're also forcing the opposition into the second longest average shot distance. So the underlying numbers are showing that Brentford's defense is playing quite well. But Danilo's goal is the perfect example of the issue. His long-range effort could have and probably should have been saved by Flecken, but Brentford never should have been in that situation in the first place. Yenelts failed clearance on the Forest's first goal, and Damsgaard's missed hackle on the second goal are just simple mistakes that Brentford need to clean up. Still, Mark Flecken's post-shot XG minus goals allowed in the season is minus 9, meaning he's let in 9 more goals than expected. And for reference, in his last 4 seasons in the Bundesliga, his combined post-shot XG minus goals allowed was plus 11.1. So clearly Flecken has the ability to play at a higher level, and a bit of confidence should do him a lot of good. Unfortunately, Brentford's fixtures only get harder from here, which brings us into that Spurs preview. So Tottenham currently sit 5th, and while Brentford have been one of the biggest underperformers in the league, Tottenham are massively overperforming in those same areas, although they do have the six highest expected goals allowed. But their new keeper has the best post-shot XG minus goals allowed. He saved over five more goals than expected. And Spurs have also done really well converting their chances. They're second in goals minus XG at plus 4.6, while the Bees, on the other hand, are 17th at minus 5.8. And Tottenham will be heavily possession-based with short passes and a high line when out of possession. Uh, Tottenham also like to implement a high press, and they're very effective at it. They've allowed the second lowest passes per defensive action, and while having the most tackles in the final third and the most shot-creating actions from those tackles. Uh, and earlier this season, we saw their inverted fullbacks and how adamant they are to play through the center of the pitch, so I definitely expect Brentford uh, crowding the midfield and then using their own high press to prevent those short passes and try to force them into lower percentage options. So Tottenham, 
we're going to Tottenham. Tottenham. No one can stop them. They're going to do it like they did last year. Do you, do you think, Ellie, they're going to do it like they did last year, Tottenham? I don't think they do it like they did last year because then we'll win the game, won't we? <laughs> That's right. Okay, it's one of those things which may put to the back of their mind, actually. It was great, actually, going there. Nice summer's day. Like I said to you, it was. Uh, we had a few drinks beforehand, lots of drinks afterwards. Uh, all the Tottenham chums that we had, all of a sudden, they, they said, we'll see you after the game. And then, then none of them turned up. And I said, it seems to be a bit of a Premier League thing where, you know, as Brentford fans, we'll turn up win lose or draw before the game after the game because that's what we do we're used to doing it 30 40 years in the lower leagues but these premier league fans or original premier league fans they only seem to sort of kind of come out and have a drink afterwards if they've won and it's very very peculiar behavior but anyway like i said to you um saturday uh oh, no wednesday tottenham um it's gonna be tough for us isn't it ellie uh yeah i mean tottenham are a, a much better side than they were last year for sure um, even without Harry Kane, um, they've been a good form. Unfortunately, uh, Madison has timed his comeback to obviously come and score the winner against us um, because we love him so much. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a tough ask this time round. I, I think there are opportunities for us there because their the, um, famous very high line that they play. I think they are they can be vulnerable defensively, and uh, although. Unfortunately, they do seem to. They do have Van der Ven and Romero both back in the centre of defence. So Van der Ven is some defender. He really is. Um, so yeah, we're going to have to defend a hell of a lot better than we've been defending. We we really are. Um, the one thing that is going for us is they're obviously missing Son. He's uh, off at the Asia Cup. Uh, you know, but you know, sometimes it's when we think that we're not going to get anything out of a game against these. Uh, in inverted commas, big sides that we pull out that performance. I mean. You know, we all went off to the Etihad last year thinking that anything that wasn't that was uh, that two nil were probably to them would be a good result. So, look what happened there. So you never know. I think it's going to be difficult. I think we're going to have to play a a lot, lot better than we played in the Forest game. I think we're capable of it, Um, but it's a big ask. And uh, I travel as I did to the Etihad last year more in hope than expectation. If I'm honest. Mm definitely more in hope than expectation listen we're going to go to Tottenham we're going to go to Ricky Shakes um, let's do the Ricky Ricky Shakes and he's going to give us the lowdown he's from Last Word on Spurs he's going to give us the lowdown on Tottenham Hello there guys Ricky Sachs here from the Last Word on Spurs hope you're all keeping safe and well always a pleasure to be back on the show ahead of what is yet another London derby between these two teams Tottenham of course taking on Brentford at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on of course Wednesday evening with transfer deadline day just of course round the corner as well look in relation to Spurs' season I think overall you have to say it's been more of a positive one and when I cast my mind back to the reversal of this fixture which would have been Ange Postecoglou's first game in charge at Spurs I think the mood around the club right now that despite going out of the FA Cup is fairly optimistic and positive as we go in now to the second stage of the season of course Spurs now with solely the Premier League to focus on and in a position where now with the next four out of five games being at home there's a real opportunity for Tottenham to really build on some momentum and really push on now towards the top of the Premier League Spurs currently only three points off the top four places and eight points off the top as things stand at the moment but again given the fact of Jurgen Klopp's announcement that will be leaving Liverpool it'll be interesting to see how Liverpool react to that in general with regards to the players and whether that does affect how the top does form in terms of the league itself. So 
it is a massive, massive game for Tottenham, of course, to come on Wednesday evening. It's an opportunity to really try and get some momentum back after that disappointing cup exit to Manchester City. One that I think for Tottenham fans is a real disappointment because we had real high hopes going into the fixture. And what we've seen with City, like I do with a lot of the games they have, is they end up suffering or suffocating the opposition footballing-wise, which then leads to the game being a real anti-climax and one to watch that isn't the greatest on the eye. And we have to say really quality told its toll on the day, which of course saw City progress and Spurs go out of the cup. But um, there's a great feeling around Ange and the football club at the moment. I think given the fact that where he was on the eve of the fixture against Brentford in the reversal fixture, of course losing Harry Kane 24 hours below that or before that. And when you consider the fact we had about six or seven new debutants coming into the side, there's been a real good feel factor around Spurs in terms of those players that have come in, readapted and have become a really likeable squad in general that Spurs fans absolutely have loved to watch week in, week out. They play fast, aggressive, front foot football, something that hasn't been known with Tottenham in the last three or four years. When you consider Spurs, of course, having the likes of Jose Mourinho, Antonio Conte, and of course, within that middle, we saw it, of course, Nuno Espirito Santo come in. So there is a real good feeling inside the football club at the moment. I mean, in terms of what can be achieved for Tottenham, I think overall now you'd have to say top four, would be a realistic ambition. I think if we said that at the start of the season, many would have maybe felt we were joking on the back of losing Harry Kane. But such has been the start Ange has made and that phenomenal start at the start of the season where Spurs, of course, were unbeaten the first 10 top of the league. Of course, many will look back at that Chelsea home game, which resulted in Spurs losing 4-1, but were reported off the pitch as maybe a deciding factor in how the season panned out. Of course, Spurs on the evening losing Mickey van der Ven, Christian Romero... Of course, Destiny Adogi as well. And then subsequently from that Spurs, of course, is nice to Dian Kulisewski, Eve Basuma to suspension as well. So it has been a difficult period. And obviously we approach this game now in the midst of what is the AFCON currently happening. So I think the game will come too soon for Pat Matassar, despite his elimination, of course, with Senegal. Eve Basuma, of course, still in and around the tournament. And from an Asian Cup perspective, from Min Son, we'll have to wait and see how that pans out with regards to his availability. But um, I'd imagine this game will come all too soon for those players. But look, I think overall with Tottenham, you'd imagine that the 11 that Spurs will field will be good enough to get the result. I mean, from a Brentford perspective, it has been a bit of an up and down season for Brentford. I think you can't get away from the fact that not having any of Antony's goals all season has been a real dramatic loss for the side. A side that with Brentford have always been quite tough to beat physical-wise and the way in which they position themselves on the pitch, generally the players, it's a difficult game to always approach and get a result in. So, I'll be honest, Tottenham being at home, I mean, the way we lost this game last season to Brentford, our last home game of the season didn't go well at all. Obviously, Brentford going away with, I believe, on the day was a 3-1 victory, which I'm trying to eradicate that from my mind because it was such a disappointing time as a Spurs fan that I know we couldn't wait to see that season come to an end, but... I am expecting a little, th- a little bit different from this fixture. I do expect Spurs to take maximum points. I think Brentford are in a position where, look, for them as always, staying in the Premier League would be regarded as some form of a success. As I mentioned, it has been an up and down season given the fact of Tony's absence because obviously, of course, he's been out of the side and excluded. But since he's come back, of course, he scored on his return. And again, given the fact that Brentford have a couple of players away at the AFCON, there'll be a heavy reliance on Tony to be the front forward player for Brentford to really drive them to get results in these next few weeks. And again, we look at the league, Brentford by all no means safe, but 
I would say I still believe in my mind there's three worse teams than Brentford in the Premier League. So I think on that basis alone, I think Brentford will be OK. I think they will stay up. But um, I think for Tottenham, they've got to be approaching this game looking to take all three points. Again, we know the January window is looming and it's around the corner in terms of it coming to an end. But um, I don't expect the window to really have an impact in terms of the game itself. I think Tottenham are pretty much done now, unless there's a really, really good option that comes up on deadline day. They simply can't refuse. We've seen Pierre-Mir Hoybier commit his futures to the club until the end of the season. So again, we've got that clarity before most likely Pierre starts the game. But um, I'm not expecting wholesale changes from Tottenham. I would imagine we might see James Madison start his first game, what would be over three, four months, which would be great to see. Obviously, he came on as a sub against Man City in that defeat in the FA Cup. But uh, Madison needs minutes to get back up to match fitness. So I would imagine Madison will start the game. Um, in terms of what the rest of Spurs' team looks like, we'd imagine it would be Vicario in goal. You'd have, of course, the back line of uh, Pedro Porro, Christian Romero, Mickey van der Ven or Radu Dragosin who's yet to make his debut for the football club and of course on the left hand side you've got Destiny Adogi. The midfield really is where there's a decision to make. Rodrigo Bentancourt you would imagine will start the game. It's then a real toss up between Skip and Hoybier in terms of who then partners Madison in the midfield. I think he may just go with Pierre because he'll let Madison be an attacking outlet and again it's for Spurs forward wise options at the moment. Hummingston away of course, on international duty. So I'd imagine that front three would have looked like, in my opinion, Werner, potentially Dian Kulisewski and Brennan Johnson. I mean, Richarlison, you could argue, would also be one of the favourites to start. So it'll be interesting to see what he does in terms of the front three. But look, Tottenham have got plenty of quality, I believe, still in that team. Despite, of course, missing the likes of Basuma, Sonny, of course, uh, Saar, who is on his way back. But I think the game will just come too soon for him. Of course, Senegal, as I mentioned earlier, going out of the AFCOM. So it will be an interesting game. I do expect Spurs to win. I'm going to go for a comprehensive 3-1 Tottenham win. I think ultimately the quality Spurs have in the team will be too much for Brentford on the night. But um, as I always say in these games, you know, Premier League, it's unforgiving, it's relentless. The first goal is always, always so crucial. And I feel if Tottenham can get it, they can build on that. Brentford will have to come out. They will leave spaces. Spurs will attack and hopefully be able to pick Brentford off but um, as we know look, Ivan Tony is or Ivan Tony is the man that I know many will look to at Brentford and be the vocal point of their side that are going to hopefully drive them on for the rest of the season and I do expect Brentford to stay out finally I think as I said earlier there's definitely three worst teams in Brentford in the Premier League so yeah I'm going to go for a 3-1 Spurs win I expect to see you guys in the league of course for next season as well which look to be honest with you Brentford has always proved to be a tricky place to go and get results despite the dip off this season so I'm sure it'll be an interesting game um, and yeah we'll say through on Spurs thank you so much always for having me on the show and take care and wish you the best of luck for the season of course apart from this game thanks so much guys and you can catch last one on Spurs we're on X we're on Facebook we're on Instagram we're of course on all the audio platforms of course iTunes Spotify Spreaker wherever you get your podcast you can find us as well and you can come to us if you want to watch the post-match reaction live on YouTube straight after the game so thanks so much for the support thanks so much for having me on take care and I'm sure I'll catch up with you guys next season so you go Ricky Shakes obviously he's got Angie in the house and he's very confident 
with this Tottenham team. They're doing all right, like I said to you this year, but we'll see. Because like I said to you, we do, we do upset people every now and again, and especially when people aren't expecting it. Just quickly, Tottenham, they're very good at shooting from direct free kicks, from free kicks, they're scoring from creating scoring chances as well, attacking set pieces, attacking down the wings, creating chances, using three balls and defending set pieces. They're all good at that. Now, where they're weak is finishing scoring chances, defending against long shots, defending against skillful players and protecting the lead. So a bit ominous, ominous for us, but also there's a little bit of possibility there for us, isn't there, Ellie? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think I think there is. It's just we are very good at we are very good at set pieces. I think they are a bit suspect defensively, largely because they do play that that very high line. Um, and with Ivan back of the team, you know, for set pieces, we get a decent ball in. Uh, you know, there's definitely there's opportunities if KLP can uh, get down that wing and put in some of those balls that he was putting in in the games prior to Ivan's comeback. But then. You know, I think that the, there are goals to be had there, but like I said, I think we need to be much stronger defensively. I think the midfield in particular needs to be much more robust than it has been recently, um, because they're they're a good, they're very good going forward at the moment, Spurs. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tough ask, but there are opportunities, like you say. Yeah, it's interesting just talking about set pieces. I don't know if you saw that little clip as well, where there's a the analyst guy. And they were actually raving about Brentford, saying that they were actually they thought they were the best set piece team in the world. He says that, that amazing how everything is absolutely orchestrated. Every single move of every single set piece and every second of it is is orchestrated and where the players are and how they do it. And it's quite interesting. Obviously, he's analysed all the Brentford set pieces and he just said it's almost like a, a musical orchestra. And if all of a sudden you're out of sync in the third or the fourth bar or the fifth bar and you stop playing, everything goes out of sync. So they've actually got everything synced to their set pieces, almost like it's like a play, which is actually kind of mapped out for 90 minutes. You know what everyone's doing in that play. So I think that's interesting. We we'll see if we can dig that out and actually we put it on the on the, on, on the link on the, on the description box. But anyway, Tottenham, like I said, you we're looking forward to going to it it's a wednesday night under the lights in their big karaoke bar tottenham they're gonna have their light show with all you get your lights out and you get your torches out and do all sorts of nonsense there like you know what i'm saying um as that as they do pipe their music pipe their fans through the speakers which i still find quite bizarre but um that's not going to stop us from making some noise in the away end looking forward to it ali i'm going to ask you give us a score prediction for the spurs game i'm afraid i am going to go 3-1 Spurs, I'm afraid. Okay, Ellie's gone 3-1 Spurs. I know no, Laney... I'm wrong. I'm, I'm desperately, desperately wrong. Yeah, desperately wrong. Laney's actually messaged us from the plane to say he's going to go 2 all to the Spurs and keeps reminding us that he actually got it right against uh, the Nottingham Forest with a crazy game. So fair play to Laney, he got that as well. And I'm going to go one all to the mighty, mighty B. So it's one all, but it's going to be to the B. So anyway, this is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. We got there eventually, like I said to you, from West London to North London to Cambodia to, <laughs> to Bangkok. We were all over the place. This podcast, if I can get it out in the morning, I'll be very happy because literally it is, is going to be spliced together with sellotape. But like I said to you, thanks for uh, uh, subscribing to us on all good podcast channels and also buying us a beer, besotted.com forward slash beer. We go to Tottenham. It's going to be under the lights. Karaoke bar, lights flashing, bees around me. Come, Come on, on you, bees. you bees. Let's beat them Spurs. Let's do it again.
away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.